0: not everybody can not everybody can have fun with their work because not everybody is issue free you know or whatever
1: i think Um, it's important to encourage fun
0: yeah for sure because it's
1: something it's really become my existence as creator is that this is fun it's supposed to be fun yeah and even the idea of the business of it it doesn't seem like fun. So you have to make it be fun. And it's one thing, especially during this pandemic, that I've started to have fun with marketing, um, just presenting, engaging with the public, especially since we have these platforms, like we're on right now to, to connect and make that difference. Because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and again, that's what, Has always drawn me to your work is um, I'm like man, he's having fun, and I want to have fun too. (laughs) All right, so I am not uncommon in. being fascinated with the Star Wars franchise and it's no mystery why I would be immediately
0: drawn to somebody named Sean Star Wars. <laughs> That's who we have here today.
1: How are you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing great. How are you? Just uh
1: good man. Longtime fan. Um this is the first time we get to talk. I've I'm yeah. super excited. Um yeah, I want to I want to know all about you <laughs>
0: wow yeah all right
1: (laughs) tell me how the empire started man
0: yeah well you know um i uh before i was an artist and i've been doing this for 30 years i guess um but before i knew what i was doing in school you know i um i was already collecting star wars stuff you know fairly seriously you know and so just uh you know telling so many antique dealers and flea market guys and whatever else you know comic book shop owners I was like you're talking to sean star wars let me know when you have something worth looking at you know so like i kind of already had that so when i started making art it just kind of was an extension you know so okay. i don't really so, yeah so Go first ahead. of all Go i'm going
1: to plug plug your website real quick seanstarwars.com check him out sure. awesome okay. then uh i I cut you off there, but I That's just a- wanted to get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the so I did have a question though. So the so you were kind of dealing toys? Is that it, no, just, or just or merchandise? Collecting.
0: Yeah, okay, just, just but, collecting stuff, you know. But, yeah. Well, so my, um, you know, I've got a I've got a cousin um, and a brother. And the three of us would go looking for stuff together all the time. You know, we're all collecting Star Wars stuff. and We're all collecting Mountain Dew stuff and we're all collecting Spider-Man stuff. And so it was like, whatever you saw when you're at a flea market or something like that, comic book convention, whatever it is, um, there's only that one there right in front of you. So whoever sees it gets to buy it, you know? So like, you're always scanning, looking for stuff, hoping that you see something good before your brother or for your cousin, you know? And um, so, yeah, no, it's just, it's always fun to collect. I don't really do it as much now, you know, collecting Star Wars or even Mountain Dew stuff. But that thrill of seeing something cool at an antique store, it's the same exact thrill as when you actually buy it and have it, you know. And so it's, it's still like a really good feeling when you go somewhere you know and i make so many trips all over the place but a lot of times i've gone to the same places over the years you know and so you don't see anything new it, you know at this antique mall or whatever you kind of know what to expect and then you see this thing that you weren't counting on and it's just such an exciting moment you know um so th-
1: okay, but, but it's the name the name was just you saying to a dealer yeah my my name is sean and know just remember Sean Star Wars yeah was it yeah. that
0: yeah you know because the thing is you would you know cuz like i'm in this hurry and i'm looking for stuff before everybody else and so like you know you figure out that they always have something better in the back of their van than they have on the table you know so you're like do you have anything star wars and they're like oh yeah hang on and so in the meantime my brother and my cousin are three or four tables down buying something good and I'm waiting for this guy to dig something up. And then he pulls out of here a Spock ears or something, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? I said Star Wars. You're talking to Sean Star Wars. You know, so I'm just being stupid.
1: I love that. You know? That's such a, a yop.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, the, the, yeah. The cool the, thing I was... was like, he, yeah, the first thing I was drawn to was the name... I think I, I heard the name first. Yeah. Um. Where you were in Houston or were you not? Or? Yeah, I go
0: to Houston a good little bit. You know, I've been to some. Uh, 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 Carlos Hernandez that has Burning Bones Press, um, does okay. a lot. Um, he does a couple different events, but he does something at that uh, Saint Arnold Brewery every year. Um, you know, he has like little print. You know little print okay. market for the weekend or something so like I go there every year for that and you know I get down there as much as I can but I haven't been down there you know in nine or ten months I guess um, okay so yeah
1: but maybe you did the um uh, one of the Star Wars festivals or, hey, no
0: i might. have you know I did do something you know um you know one of the Star Wars day things but like yeah. I wasn't there I just sent a bunch of stuff to somebody so okay. maybe you know um, I, I'm trying I to love, trace
1: back how I saw your work, but I I just remember. You might have been through that. Mesmerized,
0: you know. and then
1: it was like a wormhole of artwork.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and,
1: um, okay, so so you you started as a collector, and then what what uh what triggered it? What?
0: Yeah, did, well, you know, um, th- you know, when I was when I was a you know when I was in high school or whatever, my whole world was skateboarding, right, and. Um, you know, there's, there's, I mean, it's such a creative activity in so many different ways, but um, you know, there was one guy in particular, Neil Blender, who's like really influential in skateboarding and in art. And he was like the first, he was probably the very first skater that did his own board graphics, right? Before that, it was always just kind of generated in shop by some kind of graphic designer or whatever, you know? And so this guy, You know, he's only five or six years older than me, but he just seemed to just be a real wizard. You know, he just, he made these great, super cool, accessible drawings that didn't seem, they seemed like anybody could do it, you know, but there was a sense of humor in the graphics and just a sense of real weirdness, you know? And so I really connected with that. And and it was just like, hey, look, this is what you're supposed to do. If you're, you know, if you're 17 years old and you're riding your skateboard, you know, you should be playing a guitar, you should be writing poetry, and you should be drawing. Well, I didn't play guitar, and I didn't really write, so it was just drawing, you know, it was just something to do when you weren't skating, and it just, like, I didn't think of myself as an artist. I was just making my own t-shirts and just, you know, trying to make people kind of laugh a little bit with, like, just stupid things on my shirts or whatever, and then when I started, you know, like I was in college a couple of times uh, before I figured out what I wanted to do. I kind of got kicked out of, you know, academic suspension, and uh, you know, while I I was told you can't come back for a year. So I was trying to figure out what to do. I went to community college and I saw that they offered printmaking and that they did something called linocuts, right? And I knew that one of these other skateboarders that I really respected, Chris Miller. Um, Another one of these early guys that did his own graphics, all of his boards were line of cuts. And I didn't know what that was, but when I saw that you made them in printmaking, I was like, I'm going to take that class. And really from the first day, I loved it. You know, it was just, it was like everything that I'm not good at was solved in printmaking, you know, cause like, I'm not good at drawing. I mean, I've gotten to where I'm okay, but the way that I draw, you know, it's a lot better to let the chisels do all the work you know, so like I put a real cruddy drawing down on a piece of wood. And then I know what I'm doing with the chisels at this point, And I make something that, you know, that I can be happy with. And, uh, and I connected with it right away. And I was like, this is all I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, which was nice, you know, because I didn't have any idea before then. So. Yeah.
1: So, and then that's what you started doing from that point.
0: Yeah, pretty much. You know, like the thing about printmaking is that there's so many, I'm, well, there's two things that I love about printmaking. And one is that you can use it in so many ways. You know, you don't have to just make a, a, a print. You don't have to make a picture that just hangs on a wall. You know, like I said, you can make shirts, you know, you can, pr- I, I, you can print on shoes. You can print on, make patches, put them on your jeans. You know, I, I can show you my curtains that I printed over here. You know, I'm not really too zoomed in, but you know, so so, I mean, it's like there's, there's so much stuff that you can do with it. And I love that. But the other thing that I really like about it is there's so many different kinds of printmaking to my detriment. I'm only good at, at, at woodcut, right. I'm only good at wood and linoleum and it's the easiest thing to learn. Right. So like I went to, I went to school thinking, you know, after I finally, you know I, I stayed at the community college after I'd been kicked out of the university and I got my little two-year degree. and then I went over back to where I was kicked out and got my four-year degree. and uh, and then I was like, well, what do you do now?" And they're like, well, you if you want to teach, you got to go to grad school, you know And so I was like, all right, cool. So I went to LSU and like did my time down there and um, and I thought, you know, ignorantly, when you get out, you just get a job, you know? <laughs> but no, nope, I mean, it, you know, I, I think I, I know I graduated in 99, so it's been a while. And it's a different world now. You know, you have the internet really working and everything, it was a different vibe back then. But when you apply for a job, even now, you're applying, you're going up against 200 people that are exactly as qualified as you are, or maybe more, you know? And so I just had no idea how compet. but I should always cut myself off and say, it's not competitive, it's elusive, right? If it was competitive, I would have been teaching at a university for the last 20 years, you know, because like I make more work than, I'll go ahead and say it, any professor in the country, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, um, you know and i'm showing my work all over the all over the world just like you're supposed to i'm do you know and i know everybody in the world so like it should be all connected but one drawback is that anybody can teach relief printmaking and like i'm really not a master of lithography or screen print or intaglio or any of that other junk i mean it's, it's good stuff for some people but for me i just love carving into the wood you know i don't even really like printing it's just what i have to do you know, and so I also realized over the years uh, that I probably am better to come to a school and be a visiting artist for a week. You know, and get everybody super excited about printmaking for a week, and then I run out of stuff I could tell them anyway. You know, so like if they had to spend four years with me, it'd get old really quick for them, more even than me. You know, so this this is kind of the best. You know, I've been to. I've, the best thing in the world is to go to a university and teach their kids about printmaking after they didn't hire you to be a teacher in printmaking, <laughs> you know, and um, and I, I love that, you know, because like it's usually like the person that got the job instead of me invites me there, you know, to teach their kids for a little bit. But the thing is, I have a lot of fun, you know, and it's, it, it's a lot more fun in printmaking than it used to be, you know um, when I was in school, it was a real serious thing, you know, real somber, you know, and it's so, it's so messed up because like, there's always been really fun art, you know, I mean, like some cave paintings are great and some suck, you know, and some paintings in the fifties are great and some, you know, some from the 1850s are great, but in the, in the nineties, printmaking was a pretty unenjoyable activity for the most part. And, um, And when I realized that I could do it, whether I was in school or not, like that took some of the pressure off. And I was like, it really doesn't matter. I'm just going to do what I want to do because, you know, like whatever, I'll just do whatever I want to do, you know? And it was crazy because when I was in school, the print faculty never liked me. I'm a lovable guy, right? But, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but. Everyone else, everyone else did, like all the other faculty, the painters, like I, I got along great with all the painting faculty and all the sculpture and ceramics and the art history people. Everybody liked me except for the printmaking
1: professors, you know,
0: and um, that should have told me something, you know, I don't know what, <laughs>
1: what do you, you know, I, I started in photography and uh-huh. I had a photography teacher like that week after week i would see people quit and to me and she was no less hard on me um it just lit a fire under me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and i i wonder i don't know is that what she was trying to do yeah you know (laughs) like like what like me personally when um Somebody asks me about things, the business or art or anything, any resource they ask me for, I just give and I encourage. Yeah. I can never picture having that type of attitude. And it's just weird. I um but whatever. Did did it do the same for you? Were you motivated by it?
0: Or I I, I was lucky (laughs) in undergrad. I had this, I had a really super Supportive, and really just uh, just a really great guy as my printmaking professor in undergrad, uh, even at the community college before I before I finished up and went to the four year. Um, that guy, he's the one that like told me about woodcut because I was doing linoleum. I mean, I was asking about woodcut. It's like, is it harder? Is it different? What you know? Do you need different tools? And he's like, well, you might want different tools a little bit. And I was like, well, where would you get them? And he was like, hang on. And he goes, he's like, come here. And he takes me into his office, and he opens up this, uh, like, medicine cabinet, right? And in the cabinet is this box. And inside the box, he's got just a damn styrofoam cup with these chisels in it, right? And he pulls it out, and he says, these belong to my grandfather. He's been dead for a long time. Use them. And I was like, wow, you know? And, like, that's just that kind of generosity that you don't, like – like that's why you go to school to learn from people that want to give like that you know and and it was just the best you know and to this day i mean that was like in the mid 90s like 93 or something and i i still stay in contact with all of the professors i had at community college you know and and even in undergrad but the guys up in grad school they just well, a lot of them have died you know but the other because they're all old but you know the other thing is just the ones that are still alive. <laughs> the ones that are dead I wish were still here and the ones that are here I wish was dead so <laughs> but you know but yeah no, I mean I had a I had a lithography I took lithography and I sucked at it and I'm not I'm not like a, a note taker you know and I'm not really even much of a payer attention guy you know I'm just like <laughs> I'm just there and something's going to happen. And I wasn't really listening. And they told me all these things that you're not supposed to do. And then we had a, you know, we had a teaching assistant that year, you know, that semester. And, you know, every teaching assistant back then was some other faculty member's girlfriend, right? You know, and so like she was kind of, you know, high and mighty because she was, you know, sleeping with one of the other professors. And, and she she's like, I'm not going to. I, you you can't do it this way. And I was like, I don't know, whatever you said, I just, I wasn't listening and I just need to figure out why this doesn't work. And she's like, it won't work. I'm telling you, don't do it. And I'm like, I believe you, but like, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me why I can't do this this way. So let me do it. Let it mess up. And then I'll know what happened. And I can learn from that. And she's like, no, you can't, which is insane. You know? But anyway, so, uh, so like I never really learned lithography. Um, you know, it's all right, but, uh, but that it worked out. Yeah. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you have those guys that really are supportive and then you have the ones that are just trying to crush you. You know, I mm-hmm. had this uh, in, um, in art history, you know, in grad school, I had this question I needed to ask my professor, right? Like maybe 15 minutes before class and I walk by her, her, uh, office. Cause it's like right by the classroom. And, uh, and she sees me, she's got her door open and I kind of knock and I'm like, I'd like to ask you a question. And she's like, my office hours aren't now. And, <laughs> and I was like, Man, I just, yeah. just a real quick question, you know? And she's like, no, you're going to have to come back. And I'm like, all right, cool. She's like in 15 minutes or whatever it was. I was like, okay. So I stood there like 10 feet away from her door, just kind of standing there. What else am I gonna do? And she's like, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. You can't stand by the door. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand by the door in a damn building where I'm going to school to learn from you, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. So like that makes you really wanna learn art history. So, you know. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but, but instead, you know, cause like you just, you just naturally, you, you, you know, I love what I'm doing and I just want to, I want to share it with everybody. I want to uh, like, you know, that's the thing about printmaking. I always say the difference in painting and in printmaking, you know, because printmaking is such a community, you know, and in, in painting, you're in your studio by yourself And if you come up with something cool, you don't want anybody to know what it is because they might steal it and use it better than you. Right. But in printmaking, you hope that you find something and you hope that nobody knows about it. And you hope that everybody takes it and uses it better than you, because then that's like how your reputation grows, you know, and it's just such a, it's a different environment, but just the idea of, of sharing and the idea of, of participating with one another and always being able to lend a set of hands, you know, I need you to help me with this piece of paper to keep it clean or whatever. You're not working by yourself. And so that print shop is such a great place to be. You know, I always tell students like, you just need to camp out at that print shop, even if you're working on other stuff, you know, like, you know, bring your dates there, whatever, just kind of, be there and absorb that energy and it'll make you a better artist being around people, you know, because like,
1: that's yeah. kind of what we need. Well, that's interesting because I felt that way. I live in North Texas now. Okay. But when I was in Houston, that, that thing where like, you know, you, yeah, don't look at what I'm doing. Cause you might steal it. You know, I did feel that presence there. Yeah. When I moved here, I didn't know anybody. And the area I moved to, I guess I was the old dog. Not There are other artists, but as far as the people that I was trying to gather together, um, we are more of that communal thing uh-huh. you are talking about. Yeah. We are constantly around each other. You know, we paint together. We, um, you know, some, sometimes borrow, reinterpret, and I always encourage it. And I, I think, yeah. um, I think that should be universal. You know, it it's cool. Like, I don't know much about wood cutting. Actually, there's a a volunteer at the nonprofit that I uh, work at, and. Um, uh-huh. He uh I mean he's like old school like whittler. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he brought he brought some stuff to a kids' camp we were doing. Okay. And, and so he handed me some stuff and I was like, oh my God, this is so I'd always seen your work. Um and I, I was using it differently. I wasn't really going for prints. Like I made I made a few. I made like a uh-huh. a manipacia. And but it's just it was so neat and I like when you're describing, initially finding wood cutting. Yeah, like yeah. It, it it is so different, and, um, and I have toyed with it since. But I felt that from him, you know, he was bringing me these tools, and it was such a yeah. personal. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it's just different because, it, you know, painting's kind of obvious. You need brushes and paint and, <laughs> <Yeah. Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and then a surface and, but woodcutting, it's like you're, you, I think you're intimidated as somebody new coming into it. Yeah. There's not, there's knives and, um, a thumb guard and, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and then you probably, you probably need to quit, you know, you probably have to have a press and like, you know, and so that, 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 that mechanism is pretty intimidating, but then the whole, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because as much as uh, it's a community there's also, um, there's also like this kind of preciousness sometimes to it that can be a little intimidating because everybody's so, most everybody is so meticulous and they're so clean and like, you can tell that like, if you do the wrong thing, it's going to show up that you are the one that did it really quickly. You know, like if you get a smudge on something and, you know, and, uh, and so it, it can be a little bit intimidating. So if you have somebody that's kind of welcoming and encouraging, supportive, you know, I had, I taught at one time, you know, I, I was doing a workshop in Houston, like right every Christmas. And we had, a, we had a, um, a pair of sisters that took the workshop that didn't live, you know, they're adults, they didn't live around each other anymore. One was from Houston and one was from Oklahoma. And the one from Houston was an artist, but the one from Oklahoma was like a, you know, economics, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't remember what her job was, but um, CPA or some kind of thing. So we worked all weekend, you know, learning how to make a, you know, a little uh, color linocut, and when she finished it, and she pulled that first print. And we're, it was near the end of the weekend. We were all standing around watching her. She pulled that first print. She immediately teared up. And it was like one of the most touching things ever because you could just see it just like washing over her, you know, And she and she's, I mean, I'm almost crying just remembering it, you know, because it was so touching. And she looks at her sister and she's like, I've always admired you for being an artist our whole lives but I've never understood what it was that you did or how you did it. And now I have just a little bit of an understanding of it. And this just means so much. And I thought, man, we all got to be there for that moment, you know, and that came from printmaking and it just, I mean, those are the things that I love about it, you know, and it's just that kind of special feeling that you can get. A lot of times you have to overcome that intimidation barrier, you know, um, and, yeah. and i and i'm really bad about making a mess and like i had to learn a long time ago you're in this same community with 20 other people they're not all as careless as you they they are going to mind if something bad <laughs> happens you know and so like you know so i've learned at least to clean up my tracks if if not to make them at least i cleaned everything pretty thoroughly you know, you know
1: i felt this motif um come out your mess and um I knew we were kindred spirits <laughs> I I'm <laughs> I would say infamous for yeah. for the way I leave a studio um, <laughs> It just <laughs> but I to me this is creation making it stuff is. it's playing right and I ne- I never stopped being a kid about it. And already being a kid is um, as I watch my youngsters um, make their messes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's what made
1: it fun, man. So <laughs>
0: right, you know, and, and and even cleaning is kind of fun. Even straightening straightening stuff up is kind of fun because, like, it's still just part of the creative process. Your mind's still thinking about whatever, you know, and and you're still in the studio. You know, you're still in your space, and it just feeds into the next thing you're going to do anyway. And so, but I wish I was a little more organized. You know, but yeah. at the same time, you, you know, at the same time, to what end? You know, like yeah. Like,
1: well, and it, it's strangely part of the process for me. You talked about being prolific. How how
0: often are you creating
1: for um, for the past thirty years? Like yeah. <laughs>
0: It seems what is that like, rhythm like? Yeah, it seems like every day, but then it's not, you know? I mean, like, to today I was working on one of these, um, we we'll talk about it in a minute, but, like, I did this, uh, I did this design for, like, for wallpaper for HGTV, right? Um, and I, and that was an experience that I didn't anticipate liking, you know? But I but I ended up liking the end result. And so like I made a few more patterns kind of in that same spirit. And I still haven't figured out what else to do with them. And so I'm making another one that'll help me kind of figure that out. So like I was working on that today. I've been working on all of these little linoleums. I'm gonna just throw up real quick. Like okay. So I'm gonna like, describe for our audio yeah. listeners. Oh, okay. Well, this, I mean, so like, you know, I normally work pretty big, but um, but I have a whole bunch of linoleum. And I thought, well, I'll make these small ones that I can do really quick. And so, you know, yeah, so like, you know, they're just like these little six by eight, and I'm probably gonna <laughs> do something with them. I don't know what, you know, but like if I can't do something big, I at least want to do something small. And if I can't do something new i at least want to redo something old you know and so like it kind of it kind of you know there's another printmaker that i that really influential to me um just uh his name's bill fick right he's mostly does linoleum and um you know i've been a big fan of his work he kept me kind of inspired to stay in grad school you know back in the in the old days uh and i was watching a video that he made you know and this guy, he's one of the, I mean, one thing about printmaking, almost everybody's super nice. You know, almost everybody's just like a really great, really likable person, you know? Um, you know, so, but like this guy, Bill, he's, he's just super, you know? And, um, and he's like, he's just got a different persona than you would think some of this wild work that he does. Right. Cause like, I feel like he probably could look at me and predict what I make. Right. But then you look at you look at this guy, Bill, you know, and he just he seems like he should like he should be like a regional manager. Like like he kind of looks like he belongs wearing a jacket and a tie. And he's always he's always well groomed and he just, you know, and he's very, you know, very organized and slick. But his work is just amazing. I'm crazy about it. And like he's a real funny guy. But he just—he doesn't seem like somebody that would draw the hell out of a bunch of fucking skulls, right? <laughs> but he just—he makes these just super rad uh, skull line of cuts all the time, and um, so like he has this video, and it's just you know he pulls out his little marker and he draws, or no, he doesn't even use a marker. He does like ink and brush, right? And he paints on his linoleum. And it's like real wild and drippy, but like you probably didn't get a drop on him, you know? And um, and then he cuts the whole thing out and he runs it through his press and he tacks it on the wall. And the whole video was like three minutes or whatever, right? And I was like, man, how many skulls has he made? Right? And, uh, and, and like, I love those skulls, but like the best work, like my very, there's like, there's probably two prints from living artists that are my favorite and his is one of them. And, his, the work that's my very favorite that's burned into my memory is like this really wild narrative stuff. It's like just incredible. And the skulls are so simple and graphic and amazing, but like, they're so simple and, you know, and I was like, but it really doesn't matter at all because like, I love, I love him and I love his work. I don't care what he makes. Right. And so that took the pressure off me. I was like, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to work every day. And it doesn't matter. I'm going to make something, but like, I'm never going to make something so good that you're going to look at that one thing and say, that is your life's work, right? That is like the consummate piece that defines your life. Right now, another guy that's really super inspirational to me and influential especially back in the in the early days this is uh artist this woodcut guy tom huck right and he's probably like him and him and bill are good we're all friends but those guys have been friends forever and i think of those as the two best guys out there in the world doing it you know but when you look at huck's work you're like okay that's something that nobody else in the world could do and any one piece of his looks like something that you understand why he's in museums all over the world. Right. And then you look at what I'm doing and you're like, Oh, that's all right. That's all right. That's cool. That one kind of sucks. That's all right. And like, Oh, I like that one. But like, there's nothing that like, but it's like a, it's a lifetime commitment. Right. It's like, I have to come into a room holding like 200 prints to, to justify what I'm doing. Right. Because they, they're they're all simple. They're all they're all I mean, some of them are less simple, but they're all simple. They're all pretty straightforward. None of them look like, wow, nobody could ever have done that. But you, you know, and so I kind of like. I've always made a lot of work and back in grad school that, you know, my first my first review with all my professors. I I had like 53 prints on the wall, right? Most people had like five, you know? (laughs) And they're like, why do you make so much work? I was like, if I make 50 prints, I bet 35 of them will be good. 15 of them are going to suck. Maybe it was 20 are going to be okay and 15 will be good and 15 will suck. Whatever the formula was, I was like, you got to make the work to get to the good work. You know, there's just like, you have to, you, not everything can be good, you know? And they're like, well, why don't you make 25 pieces and they'll all be good. So I slowed down for a semester and I didn't make any better work. And all I did was have less, you know? So like for the rest of my life, I'm like, I'm gonna just make it. It's it's
1: that whole idea of um, aiming for perfection. I think it's a waste of
0: time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
1: you know, I create and I love everything I make. When I put it up, it's done. Yeah. You know, is it the most perfect piece in the world? I don't know. It's not for me to judge.
0: Exactly. I just make this stuff. Right. You know. <laughs> and, no, you're you're so right. And what I, you know, what I, you know, I go to these printmaking conferences or whatever, you know, and I, you know, and I have this giant table full of prints. And one thing I always say is, look, if you get to the bottom of that stack and you don't see anything you like, you can have it. Right. But like, you're going to find something because like I've made so much. And so I can take, I mean, it's always like this, what you think is good, Like the thing that you're excited about, even if it's like one good part in a print that's that overall is okay, but the thing that you think is great, nobody notices it. Nobody seems to vibe on that. They might like the thing in general, but like, oh, yeah, oh, I get it. Uh, Yeah, I don't care, you know, or they don't like it. And so it's like people either like most everything that you do or they like nothing that you do, you know, and it just doesn't. Like, that takes the pressure off, too, because, like, basically, I know I'm going to make it, and if it makes it out of my studio, someone's going to like it at some point. And it's, like, with prints, you know, I have a, I don't really addition as much as most printmakers, you know, like, I'll print one thing on demand, probably my most popular print, I've printed 30 times in my life, you know, so it's not like I'm making 5,000 of a print but like, I know if I've ever sold one of a particular print or not, you know, and eventually every single one of them, somebody connects with, you know, and you're like, all right, cool. That's what I was trying to do, you know? And so that, when you realize that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a certain way, you know, and that takes a lot of pressure off, you know, the other thing mm-hmm. is the the, you know, the other thing is that like, if there, was anything, if there was anything memorable about what I was doing in the beginning, it was that it was just the energy coming through over top of the bad drawings and not even knowing how to use the tools right. And something something came through all that and resonated as, hey, that that shitty drawing is a decent print. That's an image that I don't mind looking at. And as I've been doing this for a long time, I, I, I've i gotten better along the way, but I have to remember that I, I'm not supposed to care, right? Like, why am I trying to draw this right? Because I can't. So, like, why am I even trying? Because if I, if I just draw it and it comes out shitty, it'll be still okay. And if I try to draw it good, it's just going to be shitty and maybe not okay, you know? I had this uh, print, whatever it was, you know. This uh, this guy is sitting there, you know, and like uh, if if you saw the print, you'd see how bad the hand was, right? The arm was horrible. The guy's like crouched over this plate of hot dogs, and and like I thought I was drawing a hand, but it really just looked like kind of like a Mickey Mouse hand, you know, just like three fingers and you know, no fingernails. It didn't look like no folds in the hand or whatever. And so like, I'm like, okay, but y'all know that's a hand. Cause it's the end of his arm. So like, what else is it going to be, you know? And, but one time about that very print, this, uh, this Asian woman was when I was in New York, she's got the video camera and she's like interviewing me for something at this art opening. Right. And so like, I'm thinking, all right, now's a chance to be funny or whatever. And so she's <laughs> she's asking me, she's like, I'm not trying to make fun of the way she talks, but like it's the whole story. She's like, so why do you draw, why do you draw fingers? And so like, I'm trying to sound smart and funny, right? And I'm like, fingers, they're on everybody's hand. You know, you got five of them. You got to, you know, without your fingers, you couldn't hold your beer, you know? I'm like, whatever <laughs> stupid thing I'm saying. And I'm going on and on and on. I won't shut up about the fucking figures. <laughs> and then she goes, no, 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 not figures, figures. She wanted to know why I draw figures. I was like, oh, who no. knows? <laughs> 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 so, you know, but.
1: People and their questions. Yeah, um, you know,
0: so it's like, you know, in the end, it just, what? I like color, you know, and yeah. it, you know, I can see you do, I'm looking at all your stuff in the background, and it's like color is what what really gets me going, and that's the other thing in printmaking, is it's so predominantly black and white outside of screen printing, you know, in, in litho, it's mostly black and white, in intaglio, it's mostly black and white, in woodcut, it's mostly black and white, and I've just always been real hungry for color, you know, and so trying to figure that out, very few people were really working with color that much and so like that gave me another chance for my work to kind of stand out against other prints or whatever like when you're in an exhibition because like you could see mine from a hundred yards away because it was fluorescent pink you know or whatever you know and then plus if you make it big so you know you're competing for space in these group exhibitions you're competing for eyes You know, you're, it's,
1: it's funny, that idea of shiny, I did, um, my, I was a lit major and my undergrad thesis was on William Faulkner. Okay. so I, I read all this biography and, um, so he would take all these odd jobs and it started to list these odd jobs, which were hilarious. So somebody had paid him, I think, to polish a baritone for this guy in a marching Uh band or something. Uh Uh-huh and um <laughs> there was a story about how he did such a magnificent job that people walked across the field to go look at this bear. <laughs> and that's what that's what color is to me it's like i do i, I want people to be like what just happened there and like yeah. go over and um yeah and i see that in your work so much it's so good talking to you because like i said i've always been drawn to the work but you know I see exactly why hearing how you make and the way you think about it it's um, it's tremendous (laughs) it's inspiring and um, um, do you mind sharing about like the business part of it how did that come did that come naturally were you hitting the head hard like I was (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah yeah well for sure you know like so so one thing is and this is i mean this is why i love printmaking in general is it was the only thing i was starting to get okay at you know but like i was i was bad in all those art classes and it's so empowering when you start to get a little better you know and so you're working with these people you know with your classmates all semester long or two semesters now it's two years whatever it is you're in there with them and they're seeing you get better and, and and like i remember all the critiques early on where the the professor would talk in detail about every single drawing and then he would get to mine not say a word and go to the next one and i'm <laughs> like motherfuck come on man i gave everybody my attention all i wanted was a little bit for myself and he gave me nothing. So I started to get stupider with my drawings, you know? And just like, I was like, I'm going to do something so dumb that, he, that he's going to have to say something, right? So, but it went from that to people, you know, people go, oh, I like that. And when you started to get a compliment, I didn't really, I mean, I got along just fine with my dad, but he wasn't like, he wasn't very supportive Like he wasn't going to give a lot of compliments, you know, especially for art, you know, especially. But, uh, you know, so you're a little bit hungry for that, you know. And so you hear that good job and then it's a, hey, let's make a trade. And that's what's great about printmaking is like you're already making a bunch of something. Of course, we'll make a trade, you know. And then when people are like, hey, um, how much are those? Can I buy one? And you're thinking, wow, I didn't. Like, I didn't think that anybody liked this. I just kind of thought I was in this process of learning something. And so that's kind of kind of an adjustment that you that I guess probably everybody makes, you know? And, but it's weird because even if you go to like a freshman art show, you'll have the people that are selling their drawings for $3 and the people that are trying to sell their drawings for $750, right? And they're like the same quality drawing But it's just like two different worlds, you know. Right. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a hard thing to to talk about, especially early on, like just doing business, making, you know, selling work, all that stuff. But, you know, but I don't have. I mean, like I, I've done, I've done art full time. I'm teaching art at a high school where I've been off and on for 13 years, right? I'm not at a university, which is what I thought that I was preparing for. I've made this lifetime commitment to making prints. And, and in the process, I have a, you know, I have, I have a job. I have a family. I've got a wife. I've got a house. I've got a car. I've got all these things, but, and, and i want to still make prints but but it's a it's it's a sacrifice within the family because that's why i don't collect star wars stuff every dollar you have could always go better to your family than to this thing you know and so i've got to justify the time and the expense by charging for that stuff you know mm. i i remember Doing t shirts back right in like 99 or 2000. And like it's crazy because in printmaking, even though every t shirt printed, in printmaking, nobody was doing t shirts, right? I mean, in academic printmaking, nobody was doing t shirts. I was making t shirts just to advertise that I had a website because like nobody had websites, you know? And so like I'm giving shirts away and people are like, well, how much are the shirts? And I was like, oh they were free, but from now on, they're going to be 20 bucks. Right. And so, you know, it's just like the other, the other thing is the other thing is when I first got out of grad school and those guys, I mentioned Tom Huck and Bill Fick, they were already set. Like they were already known people like in 2000, you know, and they were selling their work you know fifteen hundred dollars three thousand dollars whatever that's a lot of money for a print you know a lot of money and here I am selling when I'm lucky selling something for 150 two hundred dollars or whatever and like I'm trying to figure out how can I get up to where those guys are because I haven't done what they've done but like that's where I want to be so like how do you get there you know and so I never did find the answer because I still sell my prints for $200. But <laughs> you know, but, the, but a couple things. Um, one is, I mean, like it kind of is self-explanatory. When you look at one of Huck's prints, I want to fix, you're like, I understand why this would be $1,500 or whatever. And when you look at mine, you're like, I understand why that would be $73, you know, and a Mountain Dew. So that just makes sense. But I also, I realized that like a few things. One is not everybody has $3,000 to spend on a print Mm -hmm. and not everybody has $200 either, but like, it's likelier that you have 200, you know? And like, you probably don't have to like consult your financial advisor before you spend $200, you know? Mm. And so, you know, it just means that you didn't buy, you know, a super Nintendo or something. You know, it, it's, it's it, like, you didn't like not buy a car. And so you buy it and you have it. And that's what you're trying to do. I mean, like you're trying to make money, but you're really just trying to connect with people. Like that's, that's what you're doing. And so you're able to make that connection. And it means a lot. I have so many people tell me like, this is the first art that I've bought. Ever. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know? And even cooler is like, You know, when you come back to a place 10 or 15 years later and they're like, I bought that print from you. It's been hanging up in my bathroom and I see it every day and it makes me smile every day before I start my day. I see that clown and it just makes me laugh or whatever. And like, (laughs) wow, you've been looking at that thing forever. I made it and forgot about it, but that's what it's all about, you know? And so like, that's really to be able to do that is such a great feeling but the but you know you have to you have to there's everybody wants you to do something for free right like i mean that's like the the the, the big thing is like do this it's good for you get some exposure right and so <laughs> you know i do everything you know i mean like i i love it i mean I would be sleeping if i wasn't talking to you right like the best i could do is dream about having a lightsaber or something instead i'm really talking to you it's we're having fun now you know now i've got a new friend you know i'm digging that that's super cool but when you asked me to do it i didn't i didn't see i I looked at your instagram i was like okay bam that's it yeah okay i'm doing it so i appreciate that (laughs) But I always, I love to, I love to say yes. And like, I always, I always tell students that you have to not be afraid to ask for anything, whether it's an opportunity to be an exhibition or whatever it might be. You have to ask, you have to be willing for somebody to tell you no. And, but most people don't want to tell you no. You know, I mean, there's a lot of cynical people in the world, but most of them are not art makers. You know, they're not people that want to be around art. You know, so if you approach somebody with like, hey, I've got this idea. Can we do this thing? They might say no, but they really just mean not right now, you know, and by asking now you're on their radar and then they come to you three months later because like, oh, yeah, I'm. we're doing something with clowns. We're doing something with snakes or whatever it is, mm. you know, so you should always ask. I write to people all the time still. Uh, that i like that like i just have aspired to communicate with you know who whoever it is whether a lot of these guys um i i don't do it as much but i still do like okay i really want to write to this person i really want to have this brief connection with them i want to you know pick their brain for ideas or i want to just let them know that I'm out here making stuff. Maybe that will turn into something later. And I'll write this lengthy email. And I'm like, geez, man, they don't want to hear from me. And I'll delete the whole damn thing, one letter at a time, you know? It's like, uh, okay, it's gone, you know? But then you finally send it and you either don't hear back or you do hear back and it's either something or it's nothing or whatever, but it's never like, never contact me again, son of a bitch. You know that's not what people <laughs> tell you. so You don't have anything to be afraid of. But you know, the the thing is, you have to invest in in yourself. You know, you like when I um, when I was out of school, when I was t- I was adjuncting um, at the university twenty minutes up the road, and when I wanted, I didn't have a press. When I wanted to print, I had to bring. Whatever blocks, load them up out of my house into my car. Load them out of the car. I couldn't leave them at the school because it was a real small print shop. Print with them. Load them back out of the print shop into my car. Out of my car back into the studio. And now, and I, I would talk about 50 blocks at a time because like if I'm doing it, I'm doing it right. And uh, it really sucked. And I was getting behind on things. People are asking me to do a project or whatever, and I'm not able to. Oh man, I can't even tell you this whole long story about. Um, when I didn't have a press and I was doing this uh, album cover. I'm not going to tell you, but anyway, so, but the end result, I'll tell you this much. The end result was that I thought I was going to get arrested for um, trespassing at Tulane university (laughs) where I taught, I fucking taught there. And I knew, I'm going to tell you, I knew that the, the, the fact the professor there, I knew that she didn't let people, back in the print shop after they graduated or if they were no longer worked there um, because somebody had broken their arm on the press a long time ago and they'd sued her and so she's really super sensitive to that And that makes perfect sense i understand but i had to print this thing right and it was it was like it was like the biggest thing i'd ever done like i mean it was like the most important thing i'd done at the time i was like i gotta print it there's nowhere to print it it was something I was doing in conjunction with this letterpress operation Yeehaw industries in Knoxville when they were still around and they, they had just broken up. They'd been around for like 15 years, but their whole business just split up. The couple split up. And, um, I couldn't, they're like, now's not a good time to come print on our press. And so I'm like, okay, did I lose you? Cause my battery went to, okay, good. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so, um, So I was like, you know, I'll just, I mean, I'm calling every place in all of Louisiana and Mississippi to get on this press. I got to get this thing done this week and mail it off. And um, I was like, I could just go into Tulane. I could be in and out and they'll never know. Right. And so I go in there and I'm setting all up. I even (laughs) called, I made the fatal mistake of calling this lady and I left a message that I needed to print. I shouldn't have done that because. Then she knew I was there. Right. But I wasn't thinking about that at the time. And so I'm setting up to print and I was like, I better check if she's in her office just in case. Cause what if she is? And I go in there and she's in her office. And then I had to like explain why I was there and why I wanted to print. And, and I'm having to do this whole song and dance. And, uh, and, and while I'm in there, luckily she's like, okay, you can be in here for 15 minutes, but, but you got, so then this, campus-wide fire alarm goes off and like everybody evacuated every building on campus right and so like i I mean i could have been arrested for trespassing just by being there at the wrong time or whatever whatever it wasn't that good of a story in the end but (laughs) but my but my wife said my wife said um you need to buy a press so that you're not getting behind and I was like, yeah, but we don't have any money. And she's like, put it on a credit card. And I'm like, where are you going to buy a press? And she goes, I didn't even know what Craigslist was back then, right? She goes to Craigslist. She's like, here, there's a there's a press in Houston, $2,500, right? Bam. We went down there and got it. And th- I mean, and that changed my life, being able to print whenever I wanted, you know? And it didn't take long at all before I had made that money back you know, yeah. and it didn't, and, and it just opened up the world for me, and, but, okay, so we were talking about exposure, so, like, I'll do anything, somebody says, hey, you want to do this, I always say yes, but I have another really good friend in printmaking, and just a friend in general, Dennis McNett is another rad printmaker, and, um, and Dennis has done, like, we went to undergrad together, and, you know, then I was out of school, and he was in grad school, and, And then something happened and he just blew up and just got like major, right? Like, so he did, he's doing skateboards uh, for like anti-hero and he's doing, he like, he did like eight, at least eight shoes, like signature shoes for Vans with his own artwork on the box and his signature on the shoe and his artwork on the shoe and on the insole and all, you know, he even like, as much as I love Mountain Dew, he even did a can for Mountain <laughs> Dew. Right. And I'm like, gee whiz, man, this, you know, it just, every time I talk to him, he just breaks my heart because he's just done this other fabulous thing. i like, awesome, man. That's so good, Dennis. You know, and it is, it's always great, but I'm like, man, I just, If I could do a fraction of what he's doing, but I've learned so much from him because, you know, like he was, he had his work in this movie, right? Like, or they wanted to put it in this movie and that they had bought from some gallery. And so like they're sending him the release and all this stuff and he's looking at it and they're saying, well, you know, we can use this. Image any way we want. If once you sign off on it, you know, for any publicity, you know, uh, we yeah. bought the print. All this shit. He gets on the phone with with whoever on the film, you know, whoever's in charge of that part of it, and he was like, "This has got to go. This has got to go. This has got to go." And she was like, "Well, then we can't do it. But you know, you're you're going to lose out on a lot of exposure." And he's like, "Listen." I don't really want my print in your movie, you know, the people that are going to watch this movie are not people that buy my prints. They're not people. I even, I don't know if you said this, I'm saying it for him. I don't even want them buying my prints, you know? And so (laughs) like, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. I'm just going to plug my phone in. (laughs) So if I can, (laughs) so, uh, you know, so they went round and round and he was like, yeah, exposure, that doesn't do me any good, you know? And he's telling me this story, and I'm like, damn it, Dennis, I would have done that in a heartbeat. You know? Like I wouldn't have thought to tell them no. I would have told them yes. And I would have just been hoping the rest of my life that something came out of it. And it probably never would. And I probably would have looked like a fool because I had my killer artwork in some horrible teen dance movie, but like still, (laughs) you know. So, but like, you know, so you can't do things for exposure necessarily, but then like, why not? Because it's like, what else you know, was that, I doing? That,
1: you know, it's really. So I always tell everybody, you're. It's your career. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: like you, you, know, you gauge that if if you're that adamant about it, don't do it. Um, right. I'm like you. I I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's. Um, I, I don't it, even. I've always been laughed at a little because they, you know. What if somebody steals the artwork? I'm like, if somebody wants to commit a crime to own a piece of what I make, I welcome it. I, you know, if you need it that badly, <laughs> yeah, that you would steal it from me to make it, and it's been done, and I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I've, I've never had this happen, and it happened tonight, and I didn't know how to react. But somebody posted, and it was in, it was in Spanish, and he's sitting there with half of a woodcut of of uh, of uh, one of my hot dogs that I made, and I, I don't just mean a hot dog, it's like it's the exact fucking hot dog that I did for the skateboard graphic that I I only like posted on Instagram one time. It's not even it's not out. It's not like, right. and then. And then it, like it lets you translate it. And he says, I mean, he's like halfway done carving this out. And he's like, I'm I'm getting into some Sean Star Wars. All right. So like, I mean, he he showed that he like he showed me, like he added me, you know. So yeah. he wasn't trying to hide it. And I was like, that's super cool. You know, it's cool. Like, I like it's I've never had somebody that like I mean, I have people that are influenced by me, but I've never had anybody that just like flat out was like, hey, I'm going to copy this thing and then let mm-hmm. the guy know it. You know, so I was like, awesome, keep on carving. You know, I mean, what else am I going to do? Like, you know, but it was, it was yeah. it, like, I wonder, I wonder what was what's in his mind. But now the more I think about it, I might know, because I saw somebody else, another friend of mine in printmaking said that, um, that there was a class in like Brazil or something that they were all doing woodcuts of his work. Right. Like it, as, just as a part of learning. Right. Yeah. And so, so maybe it's like kind of an extension of that because a lot of us keep showing up in the same situations, you know, so whatever, but like, it was, that's funny. Cause that just happened today, you know, Yeah. but like, I'm like, I, you know, I've never seen, I've never, it's like, it's so easy to do now. You know, other people might really have a problem with it because, you know, like you can upload a design to Threadless or to Redbubble or to any of those things and you just have to have a file, you know, and then you I can think, print them I think out.
1: It, it goes back to what you were saying about um, in the paint world. I think most of the visual arts, when I was in photography, it was the same thing. People, and um, it would happen to me. People would um, kind of do what I was doing, and I'd get asked about it. And my response, and it was genuine, it was like, well, Mike, that's kind of old work. That was like three weeks ago. I'm doing new stuff now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm on to the next thing. What you're that example you're citing from today? um, It was actually a friend of mine, and uh, he was. It was weird, you know, because he got somber about it. Just like I, I did a piece, and you know, he took the idea I had and implemented it into his. And uh-huh. like I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, to yeah. To me, it's like it was like I was like you know he's paying some weird homage to me and um yeah who am i
0: (laughs) yeah i mean like it's i mean you're like you're you're learning but you're you're sean star one another you know you're learning from one another so it's like yeah you know i mean
1: and i i still love the the way you got your name um (laughs) like i I just
0: man (laughs) well yeah you know but it's, it was, it was really cool because, you know, when, you know, when I, I mean, everybody, I mean, Instagram was like the perfect thing because everybody has like this made up name, but back before Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't as likely that people knew you by a different name than you are, you know, but like now everybody, like, you know, somebody, like you're saying with the DJs and everything. But when I was in school, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I had an adult. I mean, I was probably 25 myself, but I didn't think of myself as an adult. I had a professor introduce me to another adult as Sean Star Wars. And I was like, wow, that guy didn't mind looking like a fool because like, you know, I've got all kinds of words that I won't say. You know, I have I have this, um, you know, there's all these terms, like, like I don't speak French. Right. And there's like all these terms in printmaking that are kind of like French derived terms, you know? And, uh, and you just say it like you're speaking French to say these things when I'm teaching printmaking, I just make up a different word. I just don't want to say, it, you know, it's just, it's just an uncomfortable right. language for me. Right. So one time, um, when I was just out of grad school and i just moved to new Orleans, uh, this, this uh it was like you know they have like white linen night and it's all fancy and all this stuff and i was Mm -hmm. this place where i was working allowed me to show my prints and so like i have a bunch of prints up and i didn't know what to expect and uh this man comes up to me and and says that he might want to buy some of my work and he's talking and he says he's got he's like uh you know he's a he's a serious art collector and all of this stuff and um and then later that night, this other guy comes up to me and offers me an exhibition in this uh, uh, somewhere in Louisiana. I can't remember, Lake not Lake Charles, not Lafayette. Doesn't matter. Wherever it was, Alexandria. So anyway, um, so it turns out that they traveled together, right? Tra- that like they they came down to New Orleans for this trip together, and so the the one guy, the art collector, is a doctor, and the doctor says, "Look, why don't you and your wife?" come visit us in Alexandria and, you know, be a guest at our house and look at my art collection and we'll buy some art from you at our house. And then you won't have to give your commission to the place where you're showing your work here. And, you know, and you can look at the, um, at the art center where you're going to have a show and all this stuff. And so it was like a really big deal. It was like, wow, this is super cool. You know, uh, this is, this is what it's all about. So, you know, so my wife and I we go there, and um, you know, and like, you know, I just I'm not around a lot of like real sophisticated people, you know, and so like the and I'm also a picky eater, right? So we go to lunch with the with the gallery director guy, and he's telling me, you know, uh, Dr. Holcomb, he uh, he's cooking for you tonight. And he's been cooking all day. He's a great cook. And uh, and I was like, well, I hope it's not seafood because like, I don't eat seafood, right? And uh, they're like, I think it might be. And so we get to their house. And like, I don't go to dinner parties and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, uh, and, and they're at this gigantic house, you know? And, uh, and you go in there and they had two teenage sons and they're dressed up in like these white button-down shirts. I don't think they had ties on, but they're dressed for dinner, you know. And like they're taking our drink orders and all this stuff like, you know, like like butlers or you know, waiters or whatever. And uh and like the whole thing was really uncomfortable for me cuz like I'm just, you know, I was just unsophisticated unlike now. And uh, the <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so the um I, I don't even like I can't do anything without my wife, you know, and they don't even let us sit together because it's a dinner party. And So like she's at one end and I'm at the other end. And they're like, I've been cooking all day and we're ha- and I, I I'll eat fish, but I damn sure don't eat crab and I don't eat vegetables. And he's like, I've made asparagus crab soup. Right. And so, like, I'm already terrified. And he 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 pulls you know he, he like gives everybody their soup and like everybody's eating it and saying how good it is and I'm I'm trembling trying to get the soup spoon to my mouth and I'm looking at like the crab and the asparagus has like these little hairs on it and I'm thinking that like it's the, the crabs are hairy or something you know and so I was like fine, <laughs> I was like I can't do it and I, and I pushed the thing away and like 12 people are staring at me right you know they're like what's wrong and I was like I can't eat this <laughs> Because I just I can't do it. I don't eat vegetables and I don't eat uh, seafood and I appreciate it, but I can't do it. And then so like the rest of the night they're talking about well what do you eat and they're dissecting my diet. And I'm like I'm a fried chicken and Mountain Dew and donuts and you know and um, and then he's telling me he has a friend that was like me and then he died of leukemia <laughs> you know and then and, and you know I like this guy but and then he said. <laughs> He, and he was also an artist, right? And he and I'll never forget. He was like, you know, I'm a doctor, but I'm also an artist. But because I'm a doctor, I can, I can, go anywhere and do anything. And I mean, like, I'm sitting there thinking, man, that's all. That's true. But there had to be a <laughs> more subtle way of saying that. You know, you could have you just told me. Telling this had lie. To, yeah, <laughs> you know, and so. So then it's time, then it's time to look at my artwork that I brought back when I still carried it in a fucking portfolio, right? And and I'm and so like I'm showing them all this artwork. And while I'm talking, and they said something about Sean Star Wars. Now I forgot to mention that, which was the whole point of the story, the woman only spoke French, right? And I'm already saying on, right. I've already said to them, I was like, oh yeah, I never speak French. Like I never utter a word in the French language, even when I'm having to teach about printmaking, the same thing I told you, right. Their kids, their kids, they introduced me to their kids and they had like the two fucking Frenchest names you've ever heard in your life, you know? And like, I didn't (laughs) think it mattered because I didn't think I was ever going to be asked to say their names. And the one kid, When he hears me say Star Wars, he runs and he gets his little, I wanna say it was Greedo, right? He gets his Greedo action figure and hands it to me. And he doesn't say anything, he just hands it to me. And I look at it and I'm like, that's awesome. That's really cool. And he walked away before I could give it back to him. So I just put it in my pocket, right? And so, like, I'm talking and all this time. And then the wife, she spoke little English. She's like, "Oh, look at him. He carries his Star Wars toys in his pocket. Making fun of me or something, right?" <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, "No. This is from your son." I said, "Your son <laughs> gave this to me." And she's like, "Who?" And I'm like, "He. Your your boy." <laughs> I didn't know his name, but I wouldn't say it if I did, right? I'm like, "He he did that, you know? And anyway, so in the end they bought some artwork and uh and it was really cool because the next night they had Mountain Dew and fried chicken and donuts, right? There so like know. they they were super cool, but uh yeah, you know, so I don't even remember the point of that one, but they started uh, it, to
1: speak the language,
0: yeah. <laughs> right, you know, so you know, but it's all you know, having having fun is is a big part of it and you know not everybody can not everybody can have fun with their work because not everybody is issue free you know or whatever you know I've got a you know I told you you've got twins I've got 11 year old twins but the one of them I think
1: it's important to encourage fun
0: yeah for sure because
1: it's something it's really become my existence as creator is that this is fun, it's supposed to be fun. yeah. And even the idea of the business of it, it doesn't seem like fun, so you have to make it be fun. And it's one thing, especially during this pandemic, that I've started to have fun with marketing, um, just presenting, engaging with the public, especially since we have these platforms like we're on right now to, to connect and make that difference because um, yeah. And again, that's what has always drawn me to your work is um, I'm like, man, he's having fun and I want to have fun too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, if it, if it wasn't, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it you know i mean like i I mean at this point it's a lot of fun if it wasn't fun i wouldn't got i wouldn't have gotten to this point where it's where it's you know there's other things i like you know i mean like not many but i mean i love to play video (laughs) games with my kids you know but i'm not good enough i can't do that for a job you know and it's just like it is it's 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 Every part of it's fun. Looking for new things to draw is fun. Talking about it is fun. Drawing it is fun. Carving it's a lot of fun. Printing it isn't really fun, but it's so rewarding to see it that, like, it's still very enjoyable. And, like, I'm in here listening to music and watching movies and just having a ball, you know? It's like, and, and then on top of it all, then you get to do stuff like this and talk about it and have even more fun. And it's really brought a lot. It's brought a lot to my life. I can't imagine if, if, if I had a job that wasn't making art. You know, I mean, like so much of what we've done as our family has come from the art stuff. You know, like when, like if I if I have to go somewhere by car, I bring my family. You know, and and so like you know now there's you know, there's seven of us, and so, like, we're packed into a van, and, like, we did it, we went, we actually left from Houston, we spent a couple days in Houston, and we went from Houston straight out to Los Angeles, and, like, we only had four kids in, but, like, two of them were three years old, you know, and we're jam-packed in there, I got a little press in there, all my, everything I'm gonna, you know, because I'm doing this live event in Los Angeles, and, It was the most, that was our first big trip together as a big family. And it was such a success that like, that's all we want to do is get in the car and be together, you know, and all the things that we've done, we wouldn't have done otherwise. It's so hard to like get in the car because it costs money. You know I mean? It's just like, everything's expensive. So like, we're not just, I can't imagine, that we would have ever gone to the Grand Canyon just to go to the Grand Canyon, but we're already there in the van. We're already there in Arizona, you know, let's go do it, you know? And like the art helped take care of all that. And so it's like, in the end, it allows you to do things. And, and, and so it's like really enriched my whole family's life, you know? And, and that's what it's all about because like, you're just like trying to figure out ways to like, bring more for your family, you know, so yeah. it's, you know, and every, and everybody's having fun, like my, my, my five-year-old hasn't made a lino cut, but, you know, everyone else, you know, they'll make their own things from time to time, you know, some of them more often than others, but they're all good for helping, you know, they're, they'll all, you know, help me print shirts or whatever, and You know, it's just another way that we get to spend time together because, I mean, you just, you know, my kids are homeschooled. My wife stays home. My daughter that's 17, you know, she went to school like maybe two years in her life. My, Like almost every single moment of my daughter's life, my wife has been right there with her, you know, 24 hours a day. You know, I mean, she sleeps for five or six, seven hours a day, but like, and then it, and then you still feel like you didn't spend enough time with them, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, if you go to a, you go to work even more so, you know, you come home and it's four or five o'clock and you have, they got to go to bed early and you, you have such a limited amount of time. And how do you, how do you get to spend it? You know, like how, like, because you want to spend it because you're a selfish pig and you want to spend it on yourself. <laughs> so you got to make it fun so they want to be in there with you, you know? Or you know, or you're, whatever.
1: Yeah, you're you're very fortunate in that you kind of saw that all along. I mean, I don't know. I became a father later in life. I was 37. They're growing up in it.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um and that it's very cool, but I will say that prior to the pandemic, um, I was running around a lot. And when I look at it, when I look at this time, when um, what you're describing is what we are living. And, you know, they they do things. They're little. They do things like help me, you know, put things in envelopes for shipping. And they're enjoying all that. And it's kind of, I'm like, yeah, yeah. This is fun, yeah, <laughs> and, and it is because they're they're constantly looking and they're uh, you know they see a new painting and, um, or a new drawing or whatever and um, it it's part of their lives and I really I love that and I I just want that to be such a good thing for them because art art gave me everything yeah. I would have had a much different life. Um, especially where I came from, if it weren't for this gift that really my mom helped give to me. Yeah. She was the one always pushing materials on me, always encouraging, always didn't, still doesn't understand what I do for a living to this day, (laughs) but is so supportive. (laughs) Yeah, nice. And then like you, I had the non-expressive dad, um, (laughs) (laughs) who I think, Likes what I do, but yeah, doesn't get it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, now that it's awesome to hear, and I, I, think I've also always kind of seen that through the years. I don't know how long I've been following you online, but it's uh, yeah, I've been a bit of a stalker, I guess. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I reached out to you. I I'm I'm too, I'm so too. thankful for this, this time that you've given us. So,
0: well, um, yeah, certainly, but but you know when when I was, uh, when I was just getting out of grad school, you know, and we actually, you know, I had my thesis show on a Saturday and we got, and we got married on well, Friday and Saturday, we got married on Saturday. Right. So like the day after I was all done with school, we got married. And so like my wife, Julie has just kind of been a part of what I've been doing from the, from the beginning. Right. Well, since, you know, since I've been out of school and you know, so when I started going places and doing these conferences and, like, kind of, you know, gradually getting out there a little bit more, she's been, she's always been a part of it. She's not an artist and she's not, and she's supportive, but, like, she really doesn't care about art, you know, and she's like, <laughs> why does, why does every artist think that you want to know what they think, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, that's what they do, but, You know, but she's all but That, that
1: that's funny. Um yeah. Well, I mean to me it it's what we're doing here. What we what we put out there, it's dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it um even even especially pop art I think about a lot. Because you're stormtrooper different than my stormtrooper but we're talking about the same thing yes it's just yes you know it's got a different volume and frequency when the other person does it and um and i guess yeah we're just as artists eager to share because it it brings us so much joy yes that's that's what it's really about but i think um that gets muddled sometimes it's something I, I've never liked it when people feel estranged from art. And I think there are reasons for that because there's people that saw a bad movie about art and then huh. try to huh. play that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and th- no, that's not, um, that's not what I want to do. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's just a good starting point. You know, I mean, like it's, so much it's so much more fun to to be able to have that connection and then you don't have to talk about art you know yeah like then you talk about (laughs) it you know but it's like you know i've gotten to the point where i've like i'm real comfortable around people and like you know i mean i don't i don't mind being in front of crowds and all that kind of stuff but it's all from art. Like it's, it's all made me comfortable and it's all being able, it's being able to talk about those things in the art. No one's really talking about, Oh yes. You know, your style of line or like, you know, compositionally, (laughs) you know, it's none of that. It's like, yeah, man, I fucking love rabbits, you know, or whatever. And so my
1: favorite, yeah. (laughs) My favorite instance of a, somebody looking for meaning in my art sometimes there is um but you know a lot of the times I'm just trying to make myself laugh
0: yeah
1: and um so <laughs> I-, I moved to North Texas like 2016 and then I found this bar and I put these uh I like to take album covers and just remake them Oh, right on. In-, in-, in my style and um and so one of them was a, a David Bowie. It's the the one where he's he's kind of like he's got the pose, he's got the finger here. And um, it's funny because it involves a French person. Um, so this, this French guy at the bar calls me and says, uh, you know, he's got cash. It, it's like, yeah, it's close to closing time. Like it's almost two a.m. And um, so he's like, you know, can you meet me here? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I get in the car. I go and he wants to sit down and talk about this, you know, it's an, it's an album cover. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, he wants the meaning and he's being very, obviously he had some drinks in him,
0: Right. Right. And, um,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess I could tell you. I'm like, so my, my son, um, he was, a. Uh, probably nine months at that point. But he had started to do this thing uh, where he go, blah, 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 bla, bla. uh, Right, yeah. he put his finger on his mouth and make that noise. Right. And so I'm like, well, that's what David Bowie's doing on the album cover. Uh, I'm like, I hey. also did a Coltrane and I showed it to
0: him. Uh-huh. And
1: his face. <laughs> <laughs> I already had his cash. I'm like... <laughs> And I, I'm like, yeah, that that was the the inspiration. And I that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm like, you yeah, know, sometimes there's deeper readings, but sometimes it's just yeah, it's just about what your life is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and my life was my son at that moment. And it was silly and um that's yeah, perfect. And that's yeah, perfect. children children are like that in general. Um I'm going to plug your website again, seanstarwars.com. Check him out. Buy lots of prints. Oh, yeah. Up his value. (laughs) Get him into the $7,000 range.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's get there, man. You know, I mean, but one thing I did realize, too, though, was like, when we were doing these printmaking little events for the night, you know, in New York or whatever like everybody left with the same amount of money, you know? So it was like, you could get it in one print or you could get it $20 a pop, you know? But like everybody was like, yeah, I, I, I did what I needed to do. And I was like, okay, so it's just, you know, it's that same thing. And like pricing, I like, I'm just so inconsistent with things, right, you know? And so like, I had a guy meeting me in New York. He knew I was gonna be there for this printmaking thing he'd been this is real sweet he wanted to buy a bunch of art for his daughter that he was just having born right and uh he wanted her for her whole life to have a lot of art and so like I was one of those artists that he had chosen that was going to be in his daughter's life right and so he's like buying a bunch of prints and um you know and I gave him a decent deal but like but just you know I mean it, it was nice because it was a little bit of money you know and he was going to come meet me even though he was in Baltimore he was going to come up to New York and pick the prints up at my event and I'm selling shit as you, you know like if you got three dollars I'll take it because like I, like I got to get yeah. I have to slide a certain amount of money under the door before my wife lets me back in you know and right. so like come on let you know And so I don't know what this guy – I don't know what this guy is, but I know that he's big because, like, he also bought a T-shirt, and it was like a 3X, right, or something. And so every big guy that comes and looking at me, I'm like, are you so-and-so? And And then I'm, like, giving this guy the same exact print that the guy from Baltimore – I'm giving this guy, like, half the price of a price, right? And unbeknownst to me, the guy that bought him is standing there watching it. Was, oh hi, hi i'm steve you know and i was like yeah man i yeah i kind of had to cut him a you know different deal but so but you know the pricing it there's you know i always say i lost my pride and dignity a long time ago you know it's just like get that do what you can do and but but you know but then like when you're if you know when somebody approaches you and they want to do a commission, or that kind of thing, you can price yourself out really quick, you know, I know this was, like, a long ago question that you asked me, but, like, I've been thinking about a better answer, and I did this thing that I was, like, super stoked on, because Charles Bukowski is, like, really, really influential to me, you know, just uh, really mostly his work ethic, you know, just writing every night, Um, right, and so, like, he's been important to me for a long time. He's my favorite author, one of my favorite authors. And somebody asked me if I wanted to do a series of woodcuts to illustrate he was doing, like he would gotten the license, you know, the whatever to do ham on rye. And he's doing it on a letterpress and like, it's just, okay. He sells, he sells that book that we made he only made 50 of them, but he sells them for $3,000 a piece, right? Like a right. book, you know, when he asked me how much I needed, I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing 33 illustrations, you know, I, I'll tell you, it's not that much. I t- So like, I I think the whole thing was $3,000, right? So that's like $100 a drawing, you know, and I'm like, fuck. I really should have told him a lot more, you know, right. but what I real well, for one, I knew that he didn't have a ton of money. This was like a real labor of love th- that he had any money. You know, he paid me also with a book, you know, it's so like the nicest thing I have besides my car is this $3,000 book. I can't open up because I'll get chocolate <laughs> all over it, but you know, but the whole time I'm working on it, and they're just these little tiny drawings, I mean they're like smaller than those linoleum pieces I showed you. So they took me longer, I thought they would be easy, but they took me longer than if I do a giant piece, you know, and so it took a long time and I was really kind of cursing myself. But I was like, you know what, if I told him $500 a piece, it still wouldn't have been enough, it still wouldn't have felt right when I'm doing them. It's Only would have, he would have only said no, and he would have found somebody else, you -hmm. know, and so I got to do the project, you know, I got to, I've got the book, it's a real personal honor that I got, you know, that I got to do this Bukowski project, Uh, I I did get paid, whatever, you know, and like they even, they did a documentary, like a PBS documentary on book artists. And that guy in that project was like central to it. Like, I mean, they kept coming back to this, to this guy and they kept coming back, you know, and he had one good quote about me and he couldn't use it because there's too much cursing, right? Because it was on PBS, you know, (laughs) and then I've been, I've been cursing a few times tonight, which I don't normally do. I don't really get to talk to adults that much. So like, but I you know,
1: um, it's probably why I started this podcast. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think my kids think I'm a human vending machine of food, of food and cash and cartoons. Um, yeah. Perfect. so, so yeah, no, no, no problem. <laughs> now I, I, I have, um, God, pre-children, I was a potty mouth, but they repeat things. And, yeah. um, so so I've, I've noticed that I've gone like straight edge or something. <laughs> like, like I'll start to want to curse and I, I restrain myself by nature because it's bitten yeah. me too many times, but. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I, I'm going to outro us. I'd like to bring you back sometime because you're, okay. you're so just, much it's great. fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I, like I said, love the work. Um, Thank you. I'm so happy to hear about how it's made and your thoughts behind it. And um, I, um, I know people will appreciate the time you've given us. So
0: good, good. So well, this was a lot on. of fun. So thanks for thanks for reaching out because I've had a blast.
1: For sure, man. Um, we'll do more of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for sure. But all right, I will see you next time. Right. Beep up. <laughs> oh, artist, bebop oh, artist, Bebop oh, artist,
0: Bebop pop 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 pop
1: pop 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 pop